hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 188. Something feels good about that number. The eights are lucky, for sure. Uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long from eftm.com.au, and joining me each and every week talking, uh, well, tech in this portion of the podcast. If only you knew what we talked about before we recorded. Stephen <laughs> Fennick from techguide.com.au. One day. Mate. One yes, day. Yes, that was, uh, yeah, one day the uh, uncut edition of Two Blokes may be released. A <laughs> uh, behind-the-scenes... The bootleg, the bootleg a, edition. A behind-the-scenes look at the in- technology industry. Of course, we will make that available. It will be a $10,000 subscription because we won't get any work anywhere. But anyway, uh, we do this podcast with thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll talk about them shortly. And Stephen, before, before we jump into very important list of topics, I should say to people, Tech Guide com.au on your tablet, your mobile, and your uh, desktop computer. Looks sensational, mate. A refresh. Thank you very much. Yes, the redesign has finally been completed, and I'm He's very been talking about it for not. two years. It's uh, yeah, been uh, it's been a long time in the making. It's uh, it's a WordPress site now for all those WordPress fans, including EFTM is a WordPress Correct. site. I understand. And boy, where have you been all my life, WordPress? How good is it? <laughs> it's, uh, I'm very happy with the results. Looks good, and uh, check it out now. You've got a nice overview of all the all the big stories right there on the homepage, and that's where most of the stories tonight are available. If you want want to read more, go to techguide.com.au. But until then, let's get cracking. Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. The government announces something. It has to do with the internet. The internet goes into outrage because the government shouldn't be involved. Unfortunately, it's not as simple as that. The government gets involved when laws are being breached, when laws need to be readjusted for the for the modern age. And essentially, the government has said to all ISPs, do you know what? You've got four months. Four months to sort yourselves out because we need you to take responsibility for the piracy that is going on and by piracy i mean copyright infringements now Stephen, there was an article earlier in the week um in the i think it was the herald website you know which is renowned for their their support of openness and basically non-regulated the world but the the thing is they went into the point of saying it's not illegal to download uh, content true it's not it's not illegal to download a piece of content but it is illegal to watch it if you don't own it and that's all about copyright people own copyright People own copyright because they want to monetize it. And we live in a different market to the rest of the world. These are the issues we've talked about many times before. And what the government wants is it wants ISPs to help stamp out piracies by coming up with a set of regulations that they will self-regulate to block websites that are known piracy hubs. And I don't really care. Well, you know what? I think uh, this this, uh, stems from something we spoke about a few months ago where uh, when when the content owners, uh, i.e. Hollywood, were jumping up and down, rather than the government trying to make it easier for Australians to get a fair go, get decently decent prices or affordable prices, like to, to in par with the rest of the world, 
uh, and give us the same access to that same digital content when everyone else gets it. Uh, they've decided to to really help the content creators to uh, kind of, well, not throw us under the bus, but really enforce the law rather than helping us get access to the content we need. It was only yesterday when Choice released some research to say that, yes, 33% of Australians view content illegally, but they're the same customers that go out and buy the content when it's available. Hmm. So give us, giving the, given the opportunity uh, that they, we buy content, and the only reason we, to, we, we go to these sites to view stuff illegally is when we can't do that or we can't afford to do that because of these exorbitant prices. Uh, it, it's people that people resort to piracy, not because they hate the content. It's because they really, really like the content mm. and want to get hold of it as quickly as they can. And given the right path, the proper pricing, then people are more than willing as this research shows to pay for it. Now, I'm a little worried about these these the sort of the suggestions they're making. They're talking about blocking sites and kind of applying a filter, if you like, to to some sites, uh, you know, and putting that in the ISP's hands. That means it's more work for the ISPs to do. Uh, they could result in higher prices now to use the internet. They, they might pass those costs on to the customers. There may even be some some perfectly legitimate sites that may get caught up in this that might may be uh, blocked accidentally or as part of a big push uh, against certain parts of the world, so certain sites. So I see some plenty of danger here. Uh, it's got to be pretty strictly uh, viewed and obviously the customer's rights, the customer has to have a fair go here. True. Now, the, the issue here is that customers, yeah, deserve a fair go, but unfortunately... The, and we've talked about this many times before, but we don't live in a global economy. We don't live in a global society. We live in regions and the world, for many reasons, uh, whether it's currency, whether it's travel, whether it's you know movies and TV shows, is separated into regions. And when people make the commitment to spend $100 million on a TV show, um, they think about how they can monetize that. And currently the model is to sell it into regions and there's big conferences that people go to, to to buy content into their region so that other individuals can then work out how they can monetize it and what they would then pay for it. Now, the issue here for me is while piracy, as we might call it, seems to be high, it's still not exactly the majority. It's not no. like um, everyone is doing it. It's really not. And the fact is, mate, if you really want it all so fast, move. Go to America. Yep. Nick off. Well, because you know, unfortunately, people, mate, this is where we live. There's people who have, and it's not that hard to do, as you probably know, having a VPN, a virtual private network, it's not hard to set one up and to fool these services that you are not in Australia, that you are actually in another part of the world. Hmm. So this whole thing where sites are going to be blocked from Australia, it's not going to be hard to get around that for a start. I think... Uh, that, that's sort of that's fraught with with the, the very with same of, people who are pirating are the very same people that will be able to get around any blockage that is put in place. Absolutely, I think, and that's look, the issue uh, for the government. The government is is um, government is is kind of tied. Its hands are tied because they live in a ancient regulatory world that cannot address the broader complexities of this business. And this business isn't changing rapidly; it's changing slowly. So, in five or ten years. Some of this business model will have been eroded and there will be a, a forced yeah. change. But until then, we, we kind of need some middle ground. And if the government 
um, ha- the government has to be seen to be protecting businesses who are paying hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars for these things. I'll, I'll say it again. I'm a little disappointed that the government, rather than kind of roping in the ISPs and, and going to all this trouble, that they didn't dedicate that same level of energy to get us a fairer go from from the content creators. For them, it, it, I know it's, look, the, the people that own the content, they're entitled to do what they want with it, sell it however much, however they want. And that, that's that's their their prerogative. But if they're going to jump up and down about piracy in Australia for their content, they've got to ask themselves why. Hmm. There's people that want the content. Why are they pirating it instead of buying it? Well, it's not that hard to see. So I, I would have thought the government would have maybe gone a little bit in the bat for us and said, right, okay, there is an issue here. But you know what? Let's meet halfway. Why don't you knock your prices down a little bit? Give us a fairer go. Get, make it available a little sooner, and you may see that piracy will be halved, or, or it, it, it'll be reduced by two thirds. I see your uh, point. I think that but they, I, they could have at least tried to meet halfway, rather than saying to the ISPs, "Okay, block the block it. We're gonna we're gonna do that," rather than giving us more avenues to buy it legally, which, as Choices uh, research shows. Uh, we're willing to do so. Um, I see your point look, totally, but, wrong, but what can wrong. the government do? What can the government do to control prices? They can't. And when the government, well, I looks know they at can't. It, but you know what? We, we have we've got all kinds of trade agreements, and there's plenty of diplomacy going on in other parts of the in, in other industries like agriculture and and all these other things going on mining. There's all this diplomacy going on there, and I'm sure they can agree on prices when they want to. Presto's ten dollars a month. Netflix will probably be $11 a month or something or $8 or something. Price yeah. isn't an issue. It's yeah. it's local but, rights and availability. Well, that's exactly. Well, you know, Foxtel, which we're going to talk about in a moment, and uh, and, and and its battle against Netflix, that, that's just one part of this whole problem where people are, that, that don't want to buy Foxtel, they don't, can't afford 150 a month or whatever it costs to have the, all, the, all the, the, the premium channels, they're the ones who want to buy an episode for two bucks or three bucks. Uh, they're the ones who are missing out here, and they're the ones that are going on the torrents to get the episode. If you mm. lived in the US, you could watch it free to air or for 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 hardly any a couple of dollars. It's just a shame that that's the pirate, the the poor viewer who can't afford Foxtel and is just wants to watch his favorite show or her favorite show, and are willing to pay a couple of bucks, but it's not it's not available that cheap. Check out the information and news about the government's uh, move to rope in ISPs and help do something about piracy in Australia at techguide.com.au. Well, we just mentioned Foxtel and uh, Netflix. And earlier this week, Foxtel uh, and Channel 7 uh, just created a, a partnership to well look they didn't mention this in the press release but reading between the lines i think it's pretty plain to see that the incoming netflix service in australia in march has really got a lot of content providers in australia spooked uh foxtel is the company behind presto which we mentioned earlier it's a ten dollar a month service an on-demand subscription service for movies tv shows that can be viewed on your tv and other mobile devices They've joined forces with Channel 7. They're going to offer a lot of local programming that uh, will hopefully give the customers plenty of value and a reason not to to join Netflix. Netflix is still pretty much, apart from a couple of shows that we know about, like House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, 
there's still an unknown quantity in Australia. They're, they're not talking about pricing yet. Well, the other other content that's available, that that information probably won't won't be released until just before the launch in March. So there is a real battleground that we're seeing here, and the piracy discussion uh, is, is sort of plays right into this because people subscribe to these services. If people could have subscribed to Netflix here in Australia a long time ago. I reckon a lot of that piracy we discussed in the previous segment wouldn't have been necessary because they would have had an easy and affordable way to access that content. So it's going to be a very interesting battleground before March when Netflix finally lands in Australia. The interesting thing about this Presto move with, with Channel 7 is Presto's 10 bucks. Channel 7 have a bunch of TV shows, which is going to be under a new thing called Presto Entertainment. So they're going to charge more. Um, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, please, we need a single price for all the content, which is what Netflix is. Absolutely. And you've got to remember, Foxtel, they're going to still operate. Uh, you know, they just recently introduced new affordable entry-level pricing. So they're kind of preparing themselves for this battle on the Foxtel side, but also on the Presto side as well. So they, they're trying to paint a picture here where they've got a solution for everybody. Yeah. Uh, now, when Netflix comes along, and there'll be other services that come along as well, Netflix Stan. already told them that Series 3 of House of Cards, Series 3 of Orange is New Black is not available to Foxtel anymore. They've hmm. taken back those rights. Foxtel's owned the rights to Series 1 and 2 of those programs, but it's the new stuff people want to watch, and it's the power of the content, uh, as well as pricing, of course, but it's the power of the content, the quality of the content, that uh, is what people are going to ultimately decide on which services they choose. And here's my biggest problem with this. In a couple of years, well, really, at the middle of next year, we're going to have Presto Entertainment. We're going to have Netflix. We're going to have Stan. So we're basically, we went from having three free-to-air commercial networks, plus the ABC and SBS, to having three at least, plus QuickFlix, so four streaming SVOD subscription services. So... It's, I don't see the benefit to the consumer here when you have to buy because there's no cross-carry of content here. You want um, Home and Away. I can't think of another Channel 7 show. You have to have Presto Entertainment. You want House of Cards. You have to have Netflix. You want Big Bang Theory. You've got to have Stan. But isn't there still uh, – I know this uh, works in, in a lot of sporting coverage. Isn't there these anti-siphoning laws where there has to be a certain amount of free-to-air content that uh, and live content that people are entitled to, like locally produced programming. Yeah, like the, you work the, in the industry, mate. That's SBS the bottom called, line, mate. The, the TV TV rules don't change, right? Anti siphoning still exists, but it'll, it'll be watered down over the years. But and there is local content requirements on TV, and everyone's got to remember there's twenty odd TV channels in your in your area for free. All that content. But we're all such whingers that we don't want to watch it at seven thirty. We want to watch it now and all that kind of stuff. So that's the stuff you're going to have to pay for. And that's true. It's uh, the, the the whole idea of TV being uh, this linear thing that we tuned in at certain times. That mate, that's out the window. Went out the window. I think a while ago. Uh, not the, for the majority, uh, mate. Not for the majority. Well, but for 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 the viewers, say let's let's use Game of Thrones as the example. The viewer of Game of Thrones is not going to tune in at at a time on free to air or whatever time it is, even on Foxtel. They want it straight away. They don't even waiting a few hours is too long for them. Mate, two hundred fifty thousand people watched it on Foxtel at a linear time and format, so it's not dead, and yeah, millions no, of people still watch it. Free to air, the sort of the lean back experience of free to air. Yeah, it's still there. It's still good, and you get a lot of quality programming, including news, of course, and sport. 
But it's the lean forward viewer that wants it now, that wants it. They're the ones that are shaping where this industry is going. They're the ones that, that they're, that's because of them that Netflix exists yep. and Presto exists. Yep. So it's, it's, it's that audience that who, who do you please, which is more important? Who do you please now, and who and and where do you direct your resources? It's a real challenge ahead, I think, for TV. Yep, absolutely, and uh, you can read about about the uh, Fox Cell and Channel Seven team up at TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So Facebook has done what uh, we've talked about before with Bing and Yahoo. They've released their kind of 2014 year in review, if you like, and it's uh, it's a look at some of the things that dominated Facebook this year and. I mean, just quickly, mate, the fun part about it for me wasn't the new stuff. It was the tourism because they were able to tell us the top 10 venues, places that people checked into using the, the Facebook app. They've gone and they've hit the check-in button and they've most popularly checked into Darling Harbour, followed by the Opera House. Um, Melbourne Cricket Ground is, is Victoria's only entry in the top 10. And, you know, it's, it's probably a, a, a big win for Melbourne in terms of sporting coverage because no other sporting venue in the, in the list. But Sydney has four of the venues. Queensland has five. And Melbourne only has one. I thought that was the, uh, the biggest news from the announcement, mate. mate I, well, what I found was that the, uh, the biggest news for me was that the South Sydney made the most talked about topics in Australia, the top number 10. Eight, number the eight. Rabbit. You know, the Premiers. The Ahead NRL. of the World Cup, mate. Absolutely, and the Melbourne Cup. But, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, that's what caught my eye. I think, uh, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm a bit over these lists now. We've done a few of them now. Facebook, of course, is a totally different beast. And uh, I love the angle that you've gone with on EFTM, mate. That whole Sydney v Melbourne uh, rivalry. Very well done. Well played. <laughs> thank, you, mate. thank you. But thank you. Uh, it's uh, no, that, that was what caught my eye. The mighty Rabbitohs. And, uh, and, and for the weird... Um, a PR announcement of the week as we slowly digress into our, our off-air program. The um, the Facebook announcement of the top global games of the year. I mean, who cares? Cookie Jam, Bubble Witch 2, Candy Crush. I've never heard of them apart from the annoying invitations people send. Because they sell them. They, they can download them through Facebook now, mate. They push these apps through. Don't they come through in your feed? Or have you blocked that part of your feed? I've blocked it, obviously. <laughs> Don't you see the suggested apps? No. On Facebook? Seriously? No. Mate, you're too, you're too much into Instagram, I think, and you know you're not dedicated to Instagram or Twitter. You've lost it to Facebook, mate. I'm I'm huge on Facebook, massive. Yeah. I'm I'm there all the time, mate. My auntie, or my, to be clear, my wife's aunt, um, but you know she's still my my auntie by by, by marriage, mate. She every time I see her, she complains about how much I'm on Facebook and how many photos and stuff I post, and I just say to her every time, unfriend me. I Complain- mean, it's your choice. Is that right? Complains. Basically, you know, she introduces me and says, oh, this is Trevor, and um, he's always on Facebook. You should see. It's always there. It's all the Have more friends and, and mix it up a bit, I say. Anyway. didn't realize that brutal honesty was part of your wife's family there, mate. Is that how it works? Oh, it's massive. It's my aunt as well. Anyway, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech here each and every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, and, uh, of course, techguide.com.au. And each and every week, this show is brought to you by the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for all your networking needs at home and small business. But at home, you've got to consider the uh, the Wi-Fi routers that uh, Netgear make available because you've got to remember that your modem may be doing a great job, especially if you've got cable, internet, 
or ADSL too, because there's not much more a modem can do to achieve better speeds. If you've got a reasonable speed from your modem, it's actually your home network. The the distribution of that speed among your your home and around your home and among your devices that that makes a difference. Uh, consider something like the Nighthawk um, smart Wi-Fi router. Uh, the the, uh, the Nighthawk is a, is a fantastic looking device, but a quad stream X4 architecture in the uh, in the Nighthawk X4 delivers the single fastest Wi-Fi connection up to 1.73 gigabits at a combined speed of 2.33 gigabits. Next generation Wave 2 Wi-Fi. I mean, it's unbelievable technology, especially if there's people in your home that are gaming, streaming, as we've been talking about in the last few minutes. And, and you're on your mobile. So check out the Net, Netgear range of Nighthawk routers at netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I think we mentioned this some time ago, but Tesla cars, and the reason this is a tech story is twofold. Uh, Tesla cars are um, uh, uh, heavily funded, and one of the CEO is Elon Musk, who made his fortune through PayPal and other ventures. <clears throat> the Tesla car is a fully electric car, and it is... Easily, in my view, the most high-tech car on the road. Um, we did a story this week on the Today Show showing a couple of cars and the technology you can get in cars. And the Tesla is mind-blowing because it is, firstly, fully electric. So you literally just don't – there's no engine. There's just big boots at front and back. And you put. it's like a scale electric. You put your foot down, take your foot off, it's slowing down. And inside is a 17-inch touchscreen that controls every aspect of the car. It's a, an amazing beast to drive. Can they I launched ask something. Yeah, mate. It, you said it doesn't have an engine, but it's got a motor. Correct. Electric motor that's well, underneath the car. Electric motor on the on the rear axle. So okay. underneath the car, between the between the axles, is all the batteries, and then on the on the rear axle is the uh, is the is the motor. So there's literally. And if they've also, uh, what they've announced this week is they've delivered their first nine cars in Australia and they've opened their Artaman showroom, which conveniently is right next to my work. Um, Happy if, days. If you want to have a look, if you're in Sydney, I highly recommend you go and check it out because it's quite a fresh thing. And what they've got is their, it's called a skateboard. And what it is, is it's a Tesla without all the bodies and doors and everything. It's just the yep. chassis. And it's a sensational thing to look at because you get a sense of, it really is a scale electrics. Yeah, imagine just the just the base, some wheels, a motor on the back, and then there's some circuitry at the front, which essentially the car plugs into to make it go and stop. Now, and then obviously there's brakes and suspension. You can, you can order, so you can order it the color you want and the whole configuration. Is that right? There are no sales reps. You oh. cannot buy a car in the showroom. All oh. you can do is order these things online. Now, of course, if you go into the showroom, you really love it. They will talk you through. There's a Mac computer there. You can order it. That you buy it online, the prices are clearly marked online, including all the taxes and all that stuff, so you can see exactly what's happening. So that means there's no haggling then. You can't haggle with a computer, can nope, you? Nope, not at all. There's no trade-in. There's no haggle. You just order it right. and, and wait for it to be built, and you get tracking details. How long details. Would that take, mate? How months. long between order to build? Months. Three to six months, at least. That's not too bad. Not bad, because it's standard with most cars, but... You know, when you want to just drive out, normally in a, with a, with another car, if I said to you, mate, the Mazda 2, great car, they've got run-out deals, you go to a yeah. dealership, they're going to have 10 in stock that they just want to get out. Sure. Doesn't happen with Tesla. There's no dealerships. It is a direct-to-consumer Built uh, model. Order. Built to order. It's not a dealership. They're all company-owned stores, and it's a very interesting model, which we'll see evolve over the years ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to log into Tesla. Is it Tesla? What's the TeslaMotors.com. TeslaMotors.com. Tesla I might just order up one right now, mate. Make it happen. Just put a deposit down, <laughs> champ. Put it on your Amex. There'll be no dramas. 
Yeah. But well worth looking at. I've, I've got a story uh, right now about the supercharger network, which is how you drive the car around and get free petrol, essentially. Free charges across the country. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So where did you charge it? How did so, you charge this thing? You, um, When you buy one, you, you get a charger that you have installed at your own cost at your home, which will yep. slow charge it basically overnight. It might get you know 50% charge. But then you can stop at a Tesla supercharging station, which is in Artarman, Star City, and they'll roll them out across the country. Goldburn, Gundagai, those kind of places so you can drive to Melbourne without um, paying for petrol because the charges what, are free. What's the uh, So what does a charge last? How long does that last for? 500 kilometres if you're just driving normal. If you're driving like a lunatic, 350 or so. Um, okay, because I guarantee, you know how many you know how people complain about their smartphone batteries? Mate. You wait. I guarantee they're going to complain about their Tesla batteries if they don't get good mileage. I I can't speak too much of it because the embargoes on the car reviews are some days away. But I can I can exclusively reveal that there is a section in my uh, review called battery anxiety, (laughs) and and it references exactly that. The the if you run out of battery, you're stuck, eh? You are stuck. Can't put petrol in it. No, no. I'm not even sure you can put it in USB cable with a charger. (laughs) <laughs> That's <laughs> wonder if CES will see one of those backpacks once you anyway. Oh, I reckon so. They're they're launching in Australia. You can check it out at eftm.com.au. Now we spoke about this product a couple of months ago. It's from HTC and it's called the Re, mm. uh, spelled R E, and it's a little periscope shaped camera, handheld camera. Yep. Uh, the reason we're talking about it again today is because it has finally gone on sale in Australia. Now, it's been a little bit of, uh, not controversy, but we've, we've, we've went to a briefing earlier this week and we were all given review products and the release, they said the release with the final pricing will be sent out to you. Uh, it's now late Wednesday night and that pricing still has not been decided. It's coming Ooh. in through Telstra stores. Uh, it's one ninety nine in the US and can even be purchased even cheaper than that at various at larger larger mass mass merchants like Best, Best Buy, Buy and places like that. Yep. So we're estimating it's going to be two hundred and forty nine dollars for the HTC yep. Re, which is shoots video, shoots nice images, sixteen megapixel video, uh, stills, full HD video. Uh, but the story <laughs> of the week, uh, apart from us getting in our hands for the first time, is that they still haven't decided on the price officially through Telstra stores. Yeah, amazing. It is amazing, but a fun little device, um, not for everyone, and uh, and you'll probably find, with the greatest respect to our friends, and in, including yourself potentially, you'll probably find that it doesn't get the best reviews because it doesn't really operate the same way. There's a lot of differences about it. It kind of nags yeah. at, your, at your phone a little bit. It changed. It's just a different product, and I think we need to remember it's not a standard you know, camera. It's a different thing, and I think there'll be yeah. some great uses for it, but it's probably going to struggle to find a market globally. Um, but good on HTC for giving it a whack, and I think yeah, what no, will be interesting I've is had the it a couple of days. I quite like it. I don't, look, it's not—it's no GoPro, even though it is waterproof. Uh, this is sort of camera, and they explained it really well. Can go anywhere. Like if you went to a nightclub, you you could take this camera with you. But if you went to a nightclub, you wouldn't have a GoPro with you, would you? Mm, so no. this is sort of more of a social camera as Listen, well as being. I don't go to nightclubs. If you want. I don't go to nightclubs <laughs> except for the um, the the very important party that we go to at uh, Las Vegas. Absolutely. Let me say to you, my experience at just that party is if I held my hand up in the air with a periscope-like thing, I would just be (laughs) the biggest flea. I mean, what sort of rude, crude individual is periscope videoing in a nightclub? But hang on a minute, mate. There's a lot of people using their smartphones to video. Are they being looked upon any differently? I think the issue there is that people can see you doing it. Yeah. 
You know, it's very obvious that yeah, you're Yeah, this is going to be a bit discreet. I do oh. take your meaning there, oh. but uh, I don't think it's it's aimed at voyeurs and, and mm. people who want to discreetly film. Maybe. Or, uh, maybe, but Just that a, is a possibility. I do take your point there. Mm. Interesting that you're... Uh, you my will, my mind works that way. Turns out. <laughs> I'll be speaking to Thomas and making sure I have one for, for CES. Anyway, um, two blokes talking tech. You can read about the HTC re at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, my favourite product of the week is also the scariest. Um, it's 20 years since the PlayStation was made available. 20 years of PlayStation means, Jesus, we're getting old for a start. And secondly, they've released a, it's been a year since the PS4 was out, and they've released a 20th anniversary edition of the PS4. It does nothing different to the other, an original PS4, except it's grey. Uh, it's grey in colour like the original PlayStation. The controller's grey, and it has the original PlayStation logo on it, and it has a beautiful touch of a very nice embossed, you know, the PlayStation logo with the number 20 all over it. Um, it has a limited edition also number. Also numbered? Because it is, there's only 12,300 of them globally. Yep. 4,100 of which broadly is going to be in America, 4,100 of which will be in Japan, 4,100 of which will be in Europe, and zero uh, will be sold in Australia because there are none being sold here. They are only being made available as a giveaway on the PlayStation Facebook page. Yeah, but you can, I think you can buy them from the US online and can import them or buy them on eBay, whatever Good you luck. want to do. Yeah, it's going to be hard though. That's well, They are scarce and uh, interesting. 20 years already though. Wow. How fast has that gone? It seems like only yesterday, December the 3rd, 1994, when we first saw the PlayStation. Mm. It's uh, the first home console to sell more than 100 million units, too. It was uh, a huge mm. success, and we've come a long way. And look, if you are a PlayStation nut, this is this is beautiful. It is literally a beautiful device, the, this, this embossed nature of it. it. It's stunning to look at. Um, I think that it, if you could get your hands on one, like if you're a, if you're a, someone listening to us and your wife or or, or or husband are a massive PlayStation fan, this would be the ultimate gift at any time of Absolutely. year if you can secure one somehow. Um, there will no doubt be some turning up on eBay because they you know people in America will buy them and try and sell them for a higher price. And good luck to them. That's what happens with the limited edition things. But geez, what a great product to find if you can get your hands on one, mate. It's stunning to look at. Absolutely, yeah. Check it out. I, I'm, um, they're they're already on eBay now and. Selling for wait for it up to twenty thousand dollars. What? What? Twenty thousand dollars. People are, are, are selling them. They've, they've put a buy it now price. I'm looking at one listing now from the US twenty three thousand nine hundred and forty six for a buy it now, and there are prices. It's there's a there's one that's been bid up to two thousand and sixty five dollars. Wow! Amazing! Wow! That yeah. is, um, yeah, I'm a little blown away by that. That is, that is more than I would have ever predicted at this early stage. But anyway, PlayStation 20th Anniversary Edition. I've got some photos of it up at eftm.com.au. Well, it's time to talk about a new Wemo product. And Belkin this week uh, released the new LED smart bulbs. Now, we've seen the Wemo light switch. We've seen the Wemo switches that you can plug into the wall and then attach your devices to. Uh, but the Wemo, these LED smart bulbs, have kind of go to the next level here. There's a little Wemo link you can buy that attaches to your home network, your router, and that little link can then control up to 50 LED smart bulbs. And each bulb is uh, equivalent to produce about the same amount of light as a 60-watt bulb. 
uh, but lasts up to 23 years. So that's pretty good value, although each bulb is $49.95. The starter pack with the Wemo link and two bulbs is $169.95. But you can control up to 50 bulbs, uh, and by that I mean turn them on, turn them off, uh, and they're also dimmable. You can't change the lights like the Philips Hues that we spoke about, no. that I've written about on Tech Guide last week, and that you've written about as well. But you can do things like group them together, control them individually, uh, dim them out over a certain amount of time. So a really handy way to control it all through the Wemo app on your smartphone. Yeah, look, it's a great product. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Wemo. As, as people would know, I have it all through the house here. And, and what these do is allow you to uh, incorporate areas of the house that potentially couldn't be activated by the Wemo switch um, if you don't have a neutral cable. And also for people who are renting that don't that can't or don't want to install a whole new switch, they can actually just put this into the existing socket. So a great little product, the Belkin Wemo bulbs. Check them out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. Well, not only are you getting the idea that we, we have a bonus podcast up our sleeves that we'll never release, but we're giving you bonus <laughs> minutes here as always because Stephen's minute reviews are not only going past the 30-minute mark, but they'll probably go more than a minute if we're honest. Um, while, we're, uh, while we're on PlayStation, <laughs> mate, we kick it off with the PlayStation TV. The PlayStation TV is a way for you to extend your, the reach of your PS4 to the another television in your house. So if you've got your PlayStation connected to one TV, you can connect this little PlayStation TV unit to your router or and to another TV wirelessly uh, or wired. Better connection with wired because you get a better uh, stream rate when you're streaming your games, uh, if you want to stream your PS4 games. So just on that aspect, it's, it's really handy. If you've got a wired connection all the way, you get really good response time. So it's like you, you're playing the, the TV that's actually connected to your PS4. So if you want to, if you need to play in another room, someone's watching someone else on there, you want to extend the reach of your PS4, PlayStation T- TV works really well. They also say you can play your PlayStation Vita, PS Vita games. The interface is actually very much like the PS Vita. Uh, you do have to go to a fair bit of trouble, though, to play your PS Vita games. The 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 cartridges that fit in the P- the PS Vita itself don't fit in the back of this of this device. The memory card of the PS Vita fits in the device, so you got to download things. It's a bit of trouble to play your PS Vita. So if you're buying this for PS Vita use alone, I think it's worth saving your money. It's, I don't think it's worth it to for the privilege of playing your game you already own yep. on a larger screen. You're paying $149. I wouldn't bother. But if you want to extend your PS4, that was a great aspect of the product. Then it's well worth it. PlayStation TV. Now, it's been compared to Apple TV and Google Chromecast. Not quite the same. Doesn't do quite as much as those other products. And vice versa, those other products don't quite do the same thing as the PlayStation TV. For gamers only, if you love your PS4, want to extend it, PlayStation TV. Check it out, techguide.com.au. And for an awesome um, way to keep your Mac MacBook on your desk, extended to your monitor, the Henge Dock, mate. The Henge Dock. This is a handy little device that can not only give you a nice storage space for your MacBook Pro, but it can also power up a whole desktop solution. So when you put in uh, the MacBook Pro down left edge down into the Henge Dock, it connects to all the ports on the side of your computer. So your power, your two Thunderbolt uh, ports, your USB port and your audio port. Now, the the Thunderbolt ports are also mini display ports, so you can choose whether you want to use them to power two displays or you want to maybe power one display and a, a the Thunderbolt data storage solution. 
that's up to you. Uh, you can also charge it while it's in there, and you can even organize the cables nicely out of the back so it extends the reach of those ports uh, so you can power this desktop solution. Uh, it's really made of sturdy material, the same aluminium that the MacBook Pro is made of. Uh, it's very stable. It's got like rubber rubber on the bottom so that it, it's not going to move. It's it's pretty heavy and stable just by the sheer weight. But that rubber, those rubber feet on the bottom, it's going to stay put when you're taking the MacBook Pro in and out of the dock. Uh, it's all lined with rubber inside, so you're not going to scratch your computer. Uh, a very handy way if you are a MacBook Pro user to have your, all of your things with you. If you need to leave, you can just pull it out of the dock and you've got everything you need. Once you get back to your desk, Put this back in and you're, you're still using the same computer to power that desktop solution. Available for the 15-inch MacBook Pro as well as the 13-inch MacBook Pro. They're the same price, $149.95, and I've listed on techguide.com.au where you can buy it. Check it out, and uh, all those stories are at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we're going to try and do it uh, face-to-face next week and uh, wrap up uh, next week's Tech News Plus. We'll have a, a something a little special coming before the end of the year if we can uh, get our act together, shall we say, Stephen, and uh, we'll do that next week. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Trev. We should talk then. You can download anytime at iTunes, download SoundCloud, or listen at techguide.com.au, and you can follow us on Twitter at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick with a PH. We should be back next week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.